This is all as well. And I am here with my brother, Eric. He is my brother that's just under me in our, ten, our family of 10 kids. Eric, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Eric Rose. I work in the healthcare industry. I started as a clinician uh, 27 years ago. So I was on the front line for about seven years and then went and got an MBA and have worked in healthcare administration for the last uh, 20 years. Specifically right now, I work for the largest healthcare organization in the country. I recruit physicians for them, actually oversee all of the recruitment efforts for the Western states. Um, for my company and have a team that I work with and um, really love that. I do a lot of traveling um, and uh, oversee a group of, of six people and recruit for, I think, 31, uh, 30 some odd hospitals. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Tell us, how has your life changed since COVID hit? So specifically, and I won't belabor the whole dad dying, which yeah. obviously was, was the biggest change. But my um, work was impacted severely as um, uh, what I do is recruit physicians into the healthcare system. And we have we effectively, March, April, May, stopped recruiting. We pushed um, doctors that we were interviewing and, and recruiting, we pushed them back, um, put everything essentially on hold. Um, I stopped traveling, so I haven't traveled since February uh, for work, and normally it was every other week traveling um, for work, and so that has changed, impacted us quite a bit, uh, and then took a pay cut, took a 20% pay cut from April through July, and so that was uh, a big change, and then, so that, on the professional side, it really disrupted my whole uh, job um, I think it was two months before I went back into the office. Um, and even now I work just two days out of the office the rest of the time from home. And um, it's just, uh, it, we're still trying to get our feet underneath us healthcare wise, trying to figure out, okay, how do we move forward? What are the next steps? How does this impact um, healthcare as we know it? Uh, recruitment has come back a little bit. We are recruiting doctors. Um, I've got two divisions that I work with. One of them uh, out west, Nevada and California, is actually doing really well. Uh, the division here, Utah, Idaho, and Alaska, not so well. Um, so it's just interesting to see that even within our organization, which is, again, nationwide, uh, the differences from you know division to division are, are varied as to what we are doing moving forward. Um, two of the divisions that we have are in Texas and Florida, which are seeing huge spikes. We did see the numbers uh, in our hospitals get close to PEG, meaning at or above capacity. Uh, ventilators were scarce. Uh, ICU beds were scarce. So we did see that, that it was a real thing um, for healthcare system and, and, and overloading um, hospitals, so I've seen that happen. But again, being part of a large organization, we were able to pivot and supply resources from, for example, here in Utah and Idaho, where it didn't ever get near that uh, point. Uh, we sent stuff down to Texas. We sent personnel and, and ventilators and equipment, PPE equipment, uh, to our hospitals in Florida and Texas to, to take up some of the slack there. Um, 
So the, it, we saw it work. We saw it do what it needed to do in terms of flex and, and flex flatten up. Flatten the curve. And, yeah. Well, not even flatten the curve, because obviously the curve spiked there. It spiked there okay. and it spiked in New York. But the, the resources flexed. The resources went where they needed to go. And, and ultimately, we were able to take care of the patients. Now, again, the patients still got sick, were in the ICU, and died. Uh, and that's just the nature of the disease. Um, and that's not going to change. That won't change with flattening the curve. That won't change with prolonging the curve. That won't change with uh, anything. All, all the flatten does is stretch it out. Prolong. Prolong it. It just stretches it out. So we were able to, again, flex and, and put resources where they needed to be. So do you feel like, um, as far as your home life, so do you feel like work is going the direction you want it to and you're happy with that? And do you feel like it's been nice to be home, that that's been, what's the take on that? Um, no, I mean, it's a, it's a different routine. Uh, it's a new routine. Um, the advantage is we've, again, been able to adapt and flex that way. We have a home office. Um, that we were able to use. We were able to use it when, you know, school was, well, canceled isn't the right word, but, but put online. And so we were able to flex a little bit and say, okay, this, you know, I'll go work out on the table and, and Beth will be in the office uh, where the printer is and that kind of thing. So we were able to adapt and make it work. But I think home life um, has been a little bit, not a little bit, it's been a lot disrupted having uh, Beth, who is normally a very active social creature, be very isolated. And, and really, from March until the end of, effectively, April, we were, I mean, it was 34 days that we were isolated, quarantined. And uh, she, you know, and, and again, I completely understand, and not to anybody's detriment, but friends wouldn't come over. Friends wouldn't, uh, you know, it was just, you know, those are the roses, they have it or they have it. And uh, Brandy and I would go out for nightly walks just along, you know, the road. And uh, there were a couple times where people would stop and from the ward and recognize. And, and initially it was like, oh, you know, but then it was like, do you have yeah. it? Do you still have it? What, you know, what's going on there? And um, so it was interesting. It was hard, but not untenable. I mean, we, we got through it and, and we're okay. Uh, I will say going back into the office and, and the things that we have to do to get back every day walking just in the front door, uh, there's just one door that's open. Everybody goes through that. Everybody takes their own temperature, um, you know, lists any signs or symptoms they have, signs their name. Uh, but again, the thing that I appreciate about that, that, that I think talks to the situation as a whole with everything that's going on is we still have the choice. If I don't want to go into the office, I don't have to. Oh, I can still great. work from home. If I if I feel uncomfortable uh, taking my temperature or signing my name, I don't have to. I can still work from home. And, and that's the nice thing is I still have my choice of saying, okay, I can work from home or I can go to the office. Um, doing Going into the office a couple days a week actually has been nice to kind of break up the routine and, and get back, you know, into... Um, my office and, and uh, feel a little bit normal there. But again, all the, the presentations, the lectures that I would do 
in person at, at medical schools, at residency programs are all done virtually now, um, which are not as good in my opinion. I mean, they work, it works. We still get the information out, but it just, it's different and I don't like it as much as yeah. what we used to do. I, I so. think that's a great way to sum that up. I think um, all of us are saying amen. I don't yeah. like it as much. That's really good. Okay, so how have you seen miracles since the worldwide fast? How have you seen the hand of God in your life? Um, I, to say no, I think would be a blaspheme. I, you know, I just think it would be selfish. Obviously, we've seen it. The fact that we have our health, the fact that... Um, Every one of my family, so I was two kids, my wife and I, we all had it. Uh, only two of us, or two of them, my wife and my son were sick. Uh, Beth and I didn't have any. We were asymptomatic. Um, but the fact that we're all, you know, healthy, recovered, uh, and moving forward, um, the fact that, that we got by with 20% less income, um, I think is nothing short of a miracle. Uh, number two... Um, I think the other thing was um, losing uh, my dad in March and, um, it, it, again, thinking about that that was just six, five, six months ago, um, but the fact that, that, for the most part, I feel like I've moved on, and, and, and there's, you know, good days and bad days, I think, but even a bad day for me just means that I miss my dad, yeah. or that reminds me of dad, and man, I miss him. Um, but it's, there's not the, I think the greatest thing, and this is, uh, just, uh, we went on vacation this last week, uh, drove down to California, rented a beach house, <clears throat> just, and again, staring at somebody else's four walls is 10 times better than staring at my yeah. at this point. True. And, uh, went out on a, on a charter dive and was talking to the captain and, you know, we're wearing masks and, and, and he just, you know, asked that, uh. So how, uh, you know, how's this all been? I said, well, actually, I lost my dad in March. He goes, ah, dad, he goes, that's terrible. I'm so hard to hear it. And, and my standard answer to everybody is dad lived a good life yeah. and he had a good death. Um, there was none of us that ever felt, um, and, and, you know, I think rare exception, but none of us that felt like, oh, I have regrets. I wish I'd have had one more day. Um, and again, I think there's a, a couple of exceptions to that, but I know all of us saw dad regularly all of us talked to dad regularly all of us had um, a relationship with dad I don't know of any other family where 10 kids could honestly and unabashedly say I was dad's favorite all 10 and, yeah. and that's I think the great and again one of the great miracles of, of this has been the the conviction of I know where dad is yeah. I know what he's doing and I know I'll see him again. And I think that's kind of the miracle as you talk about <clears throat> life and progression and growing and strengthening testimony. It's an ongoing thing. It's not a one-off. Um, you don't gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon and go, okay, I never have to worry about that again. You don't gain a testimony of the prophet and say, I never have to worry about that again. You don't gain a testimony of um, I know where I came from, I know why I'm here, I know where I'm going, and never have to worry about that again. And this was one of those reaffirmations of, I know why I'm here, 
and I know where I'm going, and, and again, I know where Dad is. I know what he's doing, um, and, and I fervently believe that, that he is happy, that he is surrounded by people he loves, uh, as are we. We are happy, we're surrounded by people we love, and, and we are moving forward. And, and I think that's the key for us through this, has just been, you know, move forward. As, as, as I thought about all this, and, and this is one of the points that I wanted to make, is this isn't, I mean, it's new in the sense of we've never, I've never experienced a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. It's not yeah. new in the sense of we've never experienced such a traumatic event that's affected the entire world. I mean, that's just not true. Uh, we had 9-11, we had the dot-com, okay, we had the housing yeah. bubble, uh, you know, the Great Recession. We've lived through all these things, and I think our memory gets cut short that we feel like, oh, well, that's, you know, but that was different, or that was, it wasn't that bad. And, and I think, think about the changes that happened on 9-11, where that's so good. previous to that, you could go in and out of an airport as you, up to the gate. <laughs> As you please. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where we typically welcomed missionaries home. We sent them off. It was all done at the gate. It wasn't done at the, at the you know, the, the lobby or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that changed, you know, over the period of 12 months to where we all line up to go through security <laughs> and nobody complains about it because that's what is done. Yeah. Um, we all submit ourselves to screening. We all submit ourselves to, to pat downs on, you know, on trips that, that we've done internationally. Um, it's, it's no different. It's the same world over. And again, I, you know, it's funny because I, I do recall initially when that was happening, because again, kind of in this industry and would, would go and meet doctors at the airport and so forth. And, and then not being able to meet them at the gate and getting nervous, well, this isn't right, or how can they take away my freedoms? How can we? Yeah. Um, and to the point where every five years, I submit an application for a global entry, which is a fingerprint, background check, you know, everything, just so I can take the TSA pre-check, or internationally, I can go through the, the um, global entry, the pre-check line. So yeah, I give up some of my freedoms, my choice, to be able to go through the quicker line. Um, and, and I am struck by that, that it literally changed so the way we do things. Yeah. And here we are then, uh, <laughs> 20 years later, uh, and, and in, a, you know, in this crisis where people are pushing back that you can't do this, or we're giving up freedoms, or we're doing this, and I just think, but it's all a choice, right? We all still have yeah. a choice. <laughs> And um, I, I, I choose to mask, and, and I forget frequently, but it's not intentional. It's not a, a statement. It's just I don't mind. I lived for the first seven years of my professional career wearing a mask on a regular basis as a healthcare provider. Um, and, and it didn't adversely affect me, and, and it really did protect people. And so I foresee that there will come a time where this will just be normal. It'll be routine, but yeah, no, you wear a mask. Crazy. But I also foresee that there will come a time where, uh, again, the, the, the choice will be made that if you don't, you know, want to, or if you feel like, and there, I'm sure that there are those who literally stopped traveling after 9-11 because they felt the risk was too high. Oh, you're probably very right. And, and didn't want to submit to the yeah. screening or didn't want That's, to submit to yeah. anything else and so probably just stopped doing it. And 
And I think there will be those who, uh, on both sides, who feel like, you know, there's too much risk or this is too, um, uh, too much danger. And I just think, then, then make the choice. Make the choice that's best for you. The unfortunate thing I see right now, which, uh, again, 9-11 happened as well, it's we are so concerned about the one, um, you know, and, and yeah. Brandy and I talked in the, the you know, about the, the district uh, administrator or whatever. Anyway, who made the choice Re- to, to reduce. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I get it. It's you have one person who comes and says, I am at risk and I will sue you if anything happens. Yeah. And you have to change the entire literally the entire district, right? You know, hundreds of thousands of people have to succumb to one person's will as opposed to saying, okay, well, let me provide you with another alternative, which is you don't have to come. You can teach online. Let me provide you. And so we get so nervous about uh, that that we we go the other extreme. You see it, too, all over the news and, and, and social media where a group of kids got together and they were at a rave or a party or whatever. None of them were wearing masks and they're yeah. all going to, and yeah. I just think, no, these are kids who are saying, I just don't care. Yeah. I'm making the choice for my personal, you know, well-being or, or satisfaction. And, and I applaud that. I just think good for you. Do what you think you need to do. Um, you know, just lastly, coming home from California and at the beach, and, and, you know, before we left, the week before, I called some friends down there and just said, do I need to be, are they going to shut the beaches again? And overwhelmingly, they all reply back, so there's no way they can. Everybody is going to go. You can't stop, you know, this this way of life. You just can't stop that. And so um, I, I'm struck by thinking about how many times, then, to bring this back to the spiritual aspect where you read the Book of Mormon and, and again, the wars and, and the cycle and all this and why would they have so much about the wars and the and all this. It's and I true. just, I find it interesting that it's because the wars that we fight, I mean, there are literal wars, but there are very much right now the wars that we're fighting of, you know, good versus better or better versus best or my opinion is right, yours yeah. is wrong. And, and it gets very discouraging to look at people that um, helped shape and influence me um, as, as I was a, a child, as a youth, as a young man, and see what they put out there and just go, that is not at all how I held you yeah. in esteem for the last, you know, 30 years of my life. Um, and it's just interesting that, again, yeah. good people, but they think differently than I do. Yeah. And it's the same thing, you know, that mom and dad uh, would frequently just say, well, we never told you we were right. And, and I disagree with that vehemently. But it's just, <laughs> this is, you know, my opinion. The other interesting thing is we were listening on the way home about, uh, you know, Hamilton is all the rage right now, but we listened to his life. He was literally shot yeah. by the vice president of the yes. United States. Um, and a duel over something that was said. And I just think this is nothing new. Yeah. The vitriol, the, the divisiveness, this is not new. This has happened since the beginning, and it happens cyclically. Uh, Lincoln, it happens you know, with Nixon, it happens. It, it, there's just this cycle. And the best way for me, in my mind, to describe it is, again, God has a plan. God knows how the plan will end, and it started the very same way 
with two people in a garden <laughs> that he said, I give you your agency. It's given unto you to choose. And enters a third party who just says, oh, I'm going to blow this up. Yeah. I'm going to pick it apart. Yep. I'm going to create chaos. And, and, and the two make the choice uh, that they were told not to. But the end result was yes. life. Yeah. The end result was the plan of salvation. Yeah. The end result was what was to be in the first place. And I see that happen generation, generation, where God says, I have a land held above all others, and he sent a family out of Israel and, and or Jerusalem, but and, and you know, and Satan said, I'm gonna blow this up. I'm yep. gonna take two of them and we're gonna cross chaos. Yeah. yeah. And God says, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wipe them out and I'm gonna do it again. And, and then enters the third party, I'm going to create chaos. Yeah. I'm going to create chaos, and I'm going to blow it up. And you see that, and it happens. And, and I don't know if it's just because as I get older, you can reflect back, and you see it happening more and more frequently, or if it's just it's been happening the whole time, and you just recognize that enters the third party. God says, I'm going to create a pandemic, and I'm going to return my people to me. I'm going to bend their knee, and they will remember me. And enter the third party that says, I'm going to create chaos. Yep. I'm going to make this thing go nuts. And, and I think uh, uh, Maddie, you know, put it really well when she said, it, th- these are the refining fires. These are the things that God uses to say, okay, who are my yeah. elect? Who are the ones that will remember? Uh, and again, I, that's all based on choice. It's all based on agency and our ability to say, I'm, you know, I choose this. I choose this, and this is what makes me happy. So that's so good. Okay, so really quickly, can you think of a time? Has there been a specific, sorry, specific time in since COVID hit that you have felt individually, personally in your life, an awareness that God was mindful of you? Yeah, and I think it's reflected in what what I just mentioned. The the little. Uh, whisperings, the little um, remembrances that be still and know that I'm God, that I am in control. This is all, nothing is unknown, nothing is chaos, nothing is a surprise to God. And, you know, again, everything that's happening, the upcoming election, the mask, the no mask, the school, no school, sports, no sports, travel, no travel, any of this, which to us seems so disruptive, so chaotic, um, the nice thing has just been this, the constant of be still and know that I'm God and that it will be for your good. That's perfect. That is just the perfect way to testify. We want to testify that God is in charge and that we are on his team and all is well. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate your time and love your thoughts.